0: Oh hey there folks, you're listening to a bonus episode of Service from Hell, and we are breaking from even the normal format of bonus episodes. It's not going to be anything like you have heard before on this podcast. As you know, this is a podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky few that got out. And sometimes we get to be in real time with people that are currently working in customer service positions. And back during the pandemic, I was fortunate enough to spend quite a bit of time in the town where I grew up, which is called Milford Ohio. It is a town of around 6,000 people. What up? And I was very fortunate in that I was able to do a ride along with two badass officers, both of whom are female officer Danielle Wilson and officer Tara Dennis. Both were lovely. It was a. Uh, I was nervous. It was a, an interesting experience and I got to be there for six hours, which included a shift change. So three hours with officer Dennis and then three hours with officer Wilson And it was a really interesting experience. And I got to witness in real time what a small town police department looks like and how they operate. And um, whilst it maybe was not as fast paced as it would have been in L.A., which, by the way, y'all, I asked several L.A. precincts about ride-alongs and was told that is for media only and got a hard, hard no (laughs) from everyone I asked, which is probably best because ride-alongs are... um, they're kind of scary, uh, to be honest, and we didn't even really get into too much. But um, Chief Mills was part of the process in approving this, and I'm just really grateful that I got to do it. And yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting experience, and these episodes were really interesting to record. It's going to be a series because um, Officer Mayhan, who handles the PR for their uh, jurisdiction, I guess, I'm just making up words. But he approved it and I got to actually physically be in the car. There's a different word that they use for their cruiser just came to me. They're cruisers, but they may not have used that word that maybe is just from TV. But I got to be in the cruiser, y'all. And I was in for, like I said, six hours. And it was a very, it was just interesting. And I was drained and you'll hear me say that. So I took the normal recording device that I use for all podcast episodes with me but I had a handheld version without microphones attached so it's the sound is cuts in and out a little bit because it was the sound recorder like attached mic that comes with the none of this matters you don't care about any of these details but the sound cuts in and out a bit or at least it sounds like it goes like close and far and close and far and that's because we're in the car or the cruiser in real time and it's a lot of audio material and I wasn't entirely sure what to do with all of it it is a ton of audio. They let me record everything. And so I'm going through it little by little and the chunks that I have been able to get, I'm going to sort of piece them together. It's not going to sound super cohesive because there were a lot of times when I had to stop recording because we had pulled somebody over or they had to look something up and just because of privacy concerns, they were both very careful about, you know, what I could and couldn't record. So It is a little jumpy and I'm not really going to do transitions in between. I'm just going to try and distill it down, but the audio is going to be pretty raw. So I normally do a fair amount of editing, but I wanted you to kind of get a sense of what this would be like. And so I've edited down some of it, but basically for the most part, everything you're hearing is as it happened. So there's lulls, there's silence, you know, there's various pieces where you're going to think that the episode is over and it might just continue on. So like I said, I'm trying to do some editing, but I'm also wanting you to hear and experience what it's like in real time because both officers really care about the community that they're in and talk about that a lot and had some pretty vulnerable moments with me, to be honest. And so That was really neat to get to experience in real time. And it was very generous of them to give me all of the time that they did. And it was generous of the Milford Police Department to allow for that to happen because I got a lot of no's, not just in LA, but I got a lot of no's because ride-alongs are tricky. Yeah, so it was just a really interesting experience and I wanted you all to get to hear it. And I've had this audio since June of 2021 and I'm just now kind of figuring out how to navigate with it and how to put it out there and so it's going to be on the podcast for the next several weeks there's going to be uh i don't know how many yet because I haven't finished editing all of it or at least putting it all together so you know just get ready for a handful of bonus episodes in a row but don't worry we will be back to the regularly scheduled interview programming soon it's just i wanted you all to be able to hear it and experience it so just be forewarned that it's nothing there's nothing crazy that happens and you know we don't have we don't put anybody in the back of the car or the cruiser. There's no, you know, spoiler alert tell you that now. So just in case any of that stuff scares you or you don't love it, none of that really happens. It's mostly just a dialogue between me and the two officers during the last half of one shift and the beginning of the other. So yeah, no need to. It's it's not going to become like a true crime podcast, although I recognize I'd probably get a shitload more listeners if I just did true crime. But there's enough. There's enough of those podcasts, everybody. There's, it's been done. It continues to be done. It's been done very well. And whilst I listen to most of those, uh, this is not that. So yeah, this is mostly just a dialogue about what it is like to be a police officer or a law enforcement official in my small town where I grew up in Ohio. And like I said, handful of the next few weeks, this is going to be the case. It'll be disjointed. I just, I, you know, I hope you get to, I hope you find it as interesting as I did to just be in a day in the life of an officer. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for telling your friends. Thank you for rating, subscribing, liking all of the things. I sound so thirsty with all of that every time I say it, but I mean it because you all are great. So that being said, this is a long ass intro to hopefully let you know what you're about to walk into and listen to and that you enjoy this for the next few weeks. And like I said, thank you so much to Chief Mills, Officer Mahan, Officer Dennis, and Officer Wilson for making this happen and saying yes when a lot of other places said no. All right, I am in the car with Officer Dennis of the Milford Police Department, and she's already briefed me on a bunch of crazy shit that I should have already been recording and didn't, but we are in the car, and she's going to go over the ride-along rules. Pardon the sound issues. Y'all get used to it. All right. Are you... Can I put it here? Are you good
1: Yeah, that? sure. Um, okay. That's fine with me. You tell me whatever. Um, so... Let's see. I'll just talk about, like, when we first... So when I come in in the morning to get ready. So I'll put my uniform on, um... Our sergeant will have us all in a room together. It's called roll call. So he tells us this is what night shift dealt with the night before because we might end up dealing with it in the daytime. Um, So we go through roll call. We get, you know, get our keys, check our tasers, do all that stuff, and then we get in our cars. Um, The first thing I always do is check the guns back here. So we carry a shotgun back here, and this always has to be clear so it's not actually loaded until we get out of the car if we need it. So you actually have to, you know, Pull the uh, the rack back and forth to actually load it. To um, if you're actually going to go into something that you need to need to get it loaded. Um, then we have a uh, AR which is also back here. Um, so that is also not loaded because we've actually had this not happen here, but we've had stories with uh, with other officer or other departments where they've kept a round loaded in the AR and they hit a bump and it shoots it through the roof because it, it does the recoil. Yeah, it's crazy shit. Yes, so. Um, I check all that stuff just to make sure my car partner, which you'll ride with her later, um, we share the same car. You'll be in the same car. Oh, right on. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we try to keep it clean and, you know, we always take care of our stuff and we trust each other as far as, you know, loaded guns and stuff like that. So um, we also share hats sometimes. That one's actually mine. Um, So what we have to do is check our camera system, which is up here. Um, We have to... It's kind of hard to see. Thank you. So um, there's my name there and the car number, which is 319. We have to actually log on to it, put our little password in. Uh, we have to check our lights and sirens, which we turn the lights on here. And then we hit the, the buttons for the sirens um, just to make sure everything's working. So if we try to stop somebody and nothing's working. Hello. We, yeah. <laughs> I guess we're not going to stop them today. So. <laughs> so check all that stuff. We like to check the rear uh, of the vehicle either. Um, I'm sorry, both the back seat and the trunk just to make sure that nobody drove the car before you left anything behind. So if it could be like wallet, keys, whatever, or drugs or guns or whatever, mm-hmm. we have to make sure that, you know, because the next person that gets in there, it's oh. now theirs. Yes. Yeah. So we've actually had, case, you know, times before before I even got here where um, an officer would never check his back seat. And then he gets to the jail, drops a guy off, finds, you know, whatever it may have been, and then... He says, well, it was that person's. But, again, that's why we have recording. We have to record when we have somebody in the back with us. Because um, then that also helps them on their half. Because you can see very well. It's kind of hard in this picture. Um, but Oh, shit. this all loads to our computers inside. So okay. we can actually review video inside. And so, does
0: that say, is that, like, do they use this stuff in, like, trial and stuff?
1: Yeah, the- they'll say, do you have um, in-car uh, camera, which is... All this stuff so we have one that points out which is the one right in front of you got it that points out we have one that's in the rear which is showing the the seats right back here okay and then we have a eye uh, fish which is at the very top of the screen which is I like just you. a wide camera view okay and then we carry um these which are just micro or um, just mic body mics Oh. it's actually not body cameras but it's just body mics so i always hook mine on me anytime i'm dealing with anybody because i've had a lot of people Call and say, you know, such and such I want to say, complain about me. She said this, and, and I don't talk like that, so You're it's like, all recorded. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's no, just, it it a, yeah, it's a saving thing for me. Um, but back to the the body uh, cameras, I wish we would wear those because it would help with a lot of a lot of cases, especially if you forget that micro or that microphone. Um, you can review your your body cam and say, this is exactly what they said, or. This is the way that their body, you know, because sometimes we might deal with somebody that has a gun and they're blading their body and stuff. And if you're watching the video from your your body camera, then you'll be able to say, okay, he or she turned to the left and then the right, or they backed up, or they backed away from me, or they shoved me. So you can see it all on body camera, which a lot of big departments have body cameras. Why don't y'all have them? So we're going towards that. Uh, We just recently got the watch guard system. So now that every car is equipped with that, um they now this watch guard actually has body cameras they've just started making them so we'll get them um probably i'd say then at least the next maybe year or so okay because our chief's um big into it and then uh assistant chief mahan he's also very very big into getting those for us so he's gotten a lot of stuff for us and we didn't have ars two years ago in the cars and um we had them in the in the back on the trunk just kind of like sliding around a little bit so we've actually got racks and stuff (laughs) so um have you ever had to pull it i actually yeah so um anytime that we get a alarm drop um which is just an alarm that's on a business if it is a hold up alarm which is like a bank or something we have to go what's called code three we have to go lights and sirens to that call get there safely but fast as possible and in that time frame we have to hit the unlock button on the uh, system here, hit that, pull this while we're driving. You know, lights and sirens, and then pull it out like this, and then pull it over our chest and get it all ready while we're driving. Well, thank God <laughs> yeah. it isn't loaded. I would shoot right. my face off. Right, that's crazy. Yeah. So they, uh, it's 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 pretty intense. In yeah. you know, you get that that feeling, that rush every time the lights and sirens come on. I mean, I do anyways. I mean, I'm like. Okay, as soon as the car stops, I'm like, i got to breathe for a couple of seconds because I'm going to sound like an idiot on the radio. <laughs> so, I haven't had anybody actually run from me, like a foot pursuit, and I've had I've never had anybody take off in a car from me. You have not? In four and a half years. Nope. And the other officer that's out here, which we'll, we'll swing by and meet him later, we'll, we call it 19, which is meet up. That's when you see two cop cars sitting side by side, but one's facing one way and the other one. Because they're that's ready cause, to go. Yeah. So, um... We, uh, So he's actually had two or three car pursuits while he's been here. And I think at least eight, nine foot pursuits. Is it always drugs? So, more than likely, yeah. Or they have warrants. Uh-huh. Or they're suspended. We have a lot of people that run from us because they're suspended when we stop them. Um, which just means that they don't have a driver's license. And they think that that's like the worst thing in the world and that they're going to go to jail. So they take off, but it, it's literally a, a traffic ticket and it's
0: worse to run yeah. and exactly. it's worse
1: to run. Now it's fleeing and eluding from officers. And that's a felony. So that's a felony, you went from a traffic ticket to, 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 to a felony. Exactly. So just we sit your ass down. Exactly. Oh, that's crazy. I didn't yep. know that. So, so it's a, uh, it's, it's just funny. A lot of people, a lot of people we just, nowadays, we still have a lot of people that listen to us, but there's still a couple people that do not like us and, you know, they don't care, they'll do anything to try to get away from you. How does so, that feel? It uh it's it sucks for sure. You know, it you know, I don't like cops or but I always tell everybody that I've always dealt with that doesn't like cops, you know, you get a different more than likely more than likely, not every officer is the same. So even though you might have, you know had troubles with Miami Township officer, you came down here and you got stopped by me, I'm not the same as them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do different things. I treat people differently not that they treat people bad but there might be some officers that just have short tempers and I usually take my time and try to talk people down before trying to escalate a situation you know I don't want to you know I don't want to hurt anybody I don't want to taste anybody I don't want to put hands on anybody so i rather try to de-escalate with you know my voice and trying to you know trying to just smooth out the situation before it gets worse are you trained in how to de-escalate mm-hmm yep so we do uh It's called uh, Defense Tactics. We do that every year. Um, It's an eight-hour session. So it's like half of... So my night shift and my day shift, our squad together will train on an off day Mm -hmm. together. And then the opposite shift will train on their off day. So when we're working, they'll train. Um, But we do it for eight hours. And um, you would think it's just like wrestling with each other. It's really not. It's actually a lot of scenarios where we try to de-escalate and we're trying to talk we have like a guy that's dressed in a red man suit which is just a bunch of pads everywhere in case we do have to go hands-on with him but we try to de-escalate and then we do online courses of trainings of de-escalation and watch videos and so we've been trained very well um we also have something that's called cit which is crisis intervention so we have to go we all officers had to go to that course i think it's like a week and a half course or two weeks and you know, you deal with people that are in a crisis situation. So just because, you know, short story, I had a guy up at, um, we have an old mansion up here on the hill. And it, the lady that bought it, she turned it into a boarding house. So it's just a bunch of people. You know, some drug addicts, some people that have mental mental, mental illnesses, they all live in that house together. And in earlier. just like rooms that are like closets. She just put up walls everywhere. Yeah. Is that legal? It 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 is. It should be. <laughs> but she has, you know, she has enough like bathrooms and in oh. bedrooms to be able to, to say, you know, this is like a. It's technically just a, a halfway house. Okay. But it's it's not. I mean, she's not helping them get better. She's just giving them a place to live, for a fee. So, um, another officer and I was on night shift. We went up to that that uh, house, and we always dealt with this uh this gentleman he's super super nice always very nice to us but he has like mental illness so he's always like i want to go to the hospital you know help me do that so do that so we went up there and he was having a, a psychiatric uh, emergency so we went up there and we were putting our latex gloves on as we were walking in and we're like you know his name is brandon and we're like come on brandon like come with us we'll, we'll get you out to our squad and they'll transport you and he just flipped the switch and he attacked both of us in a small little uh, like common kitchen area where they all share their kitchen, and we wrestled with him for you know telling him to stop, tell him like you know you don't want to do this, stop, just stop. Um, he wouldn't listen to any of our commands, and we uh, we ended up having to tase him. And that's something that we don't want to do we don't look forward to doing i know a lot of people are like i just want to be tased and it's like one you really don't that five seconds feels like an hour it it hurts because we have to be tased well we do we, we you don't have to be but if you don't do it then you're kind of like oh you never got tased so we just do it like when you first start here you start um like your first day that's you'll do some training stuff and then they'll say you know do you want to be tased and you're like well, no. And they're like, well, everybody else in the PD has. And of course being a female, I'm like, all right, let's do it. Fuck tase it, me. Yeah. tase me. Like so. <laughs> um so uh we ended up having to tase him and you know afterwards oh, okay, once okay. he like came not came to because we didn't like knock him out, but like he came to the realization that he was talking to two officers and that he he knew both of us. He's like, I'm so sorry like he so apologetic the whole time. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And, you know, he ended up getting in trouble for that, for, you know, attacking us and fighting with us. But he was in a mental crisis, you know, he was having an episode and being CIT trained, you know, usually we can try to figure that out before, you know, while talking to someone, you can figure out, okay, they might have schizophrenia or they might, you know, just, they might have something we're not exactly sure what it is. So let's really take it, you know, down a notch. And we asked him, we said, well, what triggered you? And he said, putting on those latex gloves. So it, uh, it, it must have offended him that we were putting them on. And, you know, because that place up there has bed bugs and they have, you know, a lot of them have the uh, hepatitis, the Hep C. Hep C. Um, so we just, we try to cautious ourselves okay. by putting them on. And he just didn't, he thought that was, I don't, I don't know what he thought, but it triggered him and to what he said because we had asked him. And he said, that's what, that's what made me attack you guys, and I don't know why. So, you know, it's just little things like that. So, of course, we're going to still put on gloves, but, you know, maybe do it not in front of him. already have them on before we get in there. Or what could we do better when we go, you know, go there next time. So, how does,
0: with, have you seen the all cops are bad hashtag the ACAB? I,
1: A-C-I-B. yeah, I think I have. I know, I've seen so many, I mean, I'm on TikTok and stuff, so I watch, I watch all that stuff, but. You know, it's it's sad to see, you know, all these people talk so bad about a, a profession that you love. It's just it's just mind. I mean, it's, it's mind boggling because it's like, well, we don't need police, but the people that say that, you know, the next week or the next day or whatever, someone breaks into their house or steals their stuff or you know gets in an auto accident, who they're gonna call us? You know, they, they that's their first thought. Well, oh, I gotta call nine one one. You know, that's. But nobody would respond if, you know, if we didn't have us, so. Do you feel like, and I'm going to stop recording.
0: Okay, so we so we're we're still currently in uh we're parked in front of the milford yeah, we went anywhere yet. that's okay no 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 we've gone on 62 calls what are you talking about that's we've right, arrested yeah. we've so many people busy. We we're busy um because i've been keeping officer dennis stuck here okay so we are outside of the this is the municipal building is so that right?
1: it is the milford police department um and it's also the uh municipal building for mayor's court um we also it's three levels, so we're in the basement then it goes um it goes to our uh where you walked in at it's like our water department our service department it's all the people that work at the desk so like when city of milford pays their bills that's the next level and then the third level is the chamber building which i've never been up there so it, i think it's more yeah we don't have access up there for some reason so i think it's either more more office space or if it's just maybe storage or something i'm not sure um But, yeah, so we, our police department shares with our Milford Mayor's Court. So, um, we're actually able to, like, if I stop somebody for speeding and I write them a ticket, Mm -hmm. instead of saying, okay, you're going to have to go to Clermont County Court, which is 20 minutes, 25 minutes from here, we have a Milford Mayor's Court, which you can just be cited into Mayor's Court, and then we have a magistrate that... Um, comes in on Wednesdays and they have court on Wednesdays.
0: Five, Literally everything she just said made no sense to me. I hope you all followed that. Right. There's a lot of words I didn't know.
1: That's right. <laughs> That'll be a lot, that, a lot during strip <laughs> okay And so,
0: oh, and something she explained before we left the basement office area was that she does not have to drive around for the entirety of her shift, but can and can do uh, traffic stops and just kind of drive around and make sure all of us are not being complete idiots. She she didn't say that. I'm saying that. And, okay, so what would, uh, you had mentioned, like, day shift versus night shift. Day shift is a little less active. So what would be a, what's, like, a, the most common stop that you have in Milford?
1: Um, so as far as uh, a day shift call or? Either. All right, can you repeat this? Yes. Um, now you're
0: not making any sense. That's right. That's right. That's why I'm here. I'm here to confuse. Okay, so what would be like during the day shift, what would you see the most of? Is it like mostly traffic stops? Is it mostly, you know, um, just people loitering or what? I don't know what the hell things, yeah. I don't know rules.
1: So um, on day shift, it is a lot of, um, there's a lot of traffic out. So that's when a lot of the traffic stops come into play as far as, you know, people speeding on their way into work and people. Um, auto accidents. We have a lot of auto accidents in the daytime. So that's usually, um, cause there's a lot of cars out and especially if it rains, people don't know how to drive in Ohio. So, um, <laughs> Facts. that is very true. So, you know, we have, that's probably the most thing that we take on a, on a day shift is auto accidents. Um, and then a lot of squad runs. So, um, that's when we, so someone is in a medical need, our squad will respond, but we also respond as well, like a security for them. Um, We don't necessarily get out of the car all the time, especially if it's a sick person. Oh,
0: really? Um,
1: But we'll kind of stay in the car, but we'll just hang out and and see if they need our assistance. Because sometimes we do have situations where, like a diabetic emergency, um, they come to and then they freak out. Or they're not in their right mind and they're not listening to the squad. And the squad doesn't want to put hands on them. Or, you know, they don't carry cuffs and all that stuff. So they actually just started wearing um, bulletproof vests. When we go to go to certain calls um, like if we had an assault in progress where somebody was hitting somebody else or you know assaulting them we would they would our squad would stage which means that they'd stage in just like a different area like about a minute two minutes away from the scene and then once we situation we get there and we you know see everything that's going on and we think it's comfortable enough for our squad to come in to treat whoever needs it. Um, they'll come in, but they'll come in with their, their bulletproof vests on. So that's actually a new thing since uh, everything that's been going on and all the shootings and, you know, the rioting and stuff like that. So they've took extra precautions, and
0: which I think is good.
1: Yeah.
0: And what about what at, at night? What's the, what do you see the most of?
1: Um, I would say that's mostly your domestic violence calls. So, you know, domestic violence is a family or household member. Um, so, you know, male and female fighting, husband and wife fighting, um, husband and kids or, you know, vice versa. Uh, we get a lot of those. Um, usually it's, it comes out as a physical, physical fight in progress. So that's usually that people are going hands on with each other. Um, we get a lot of those calls at night, especially. People start drinking and stuff after when they get off work, and do it. yeah.
0: I've heard, and I, correct me if I'm wrong. I've heard that is the most dangerous call that a police officer can respond to. Is that true?
1: That is very true because we don't know what state that person, the aggressor, is in. Uh, we don't know, you know. The worst thing is to go into somebody's home. We don't know the layout of the home. We don't know where, if there's, you know, certain spots, cubbies, hiding, hiding spots where they can be. We don't know if they have weapons. We don't know if they're, you know, if they're registered to have weapons. Um, that's probably just going into somebody's home or pulling, you know, up to their house. They could already be ready to, you know, rock rock our world. So it's, it's very difficult and, you know, it's hard to bring somebody that's that high up, like, you know, they're, they're way out of, trying to think what the right term would be, you know, they're not thinking straight like you know they're just like whatever's in my path i'm just gonna you know destroy or i'm gonna hit or i'm gonna punch or i'm gonna shoot so it's just those are probably the the probably scariest calls besides the the shots fired another one of mine that kind of makes me like as i'm driving lights and sirens is overdoses because i'm not a medic we don't carry narcan you don't no so our police officers do not carry narcan that is a question for uh my chief. <laughs> People above you. Okay, yes. Okay, got it, got it. So okay. we have Narcan for officers only. So if I have an officer that gets con- gets a contact of fentanyl or whatever and is overdosing, we have Narcan for officers.
0: Can you can you elaborate on that and have you seen that? Have you seen it and can you elaborate on what that? So means? as far as...
1: Like if an officer making contact, officer
0: contact okay. with fentanyl.
1: Um, so like, uh, so if they have, so say they find um, heroin off of, you know, they get it off of somebody... On a traffic stop or on a call a lot of times we find it in little bundles, which is like little folded up pieces of paper could be receipts could be you know paycheck stubs we've had that before he said it wasn't his but his name was on the paycheck so anyways Weird how that works. <laughs> yeah but um so and we because we have to open it to see well, you know what it is before you know it could be a little bit of marijuana or something like that so we're not gonna obviously charge them with a felony for that um, we have to kind of open it and see. So when you get that contact, if you open it and the wind blows and it gets on you. And like I told you earlier, a lot of people are brushing their vest off or their pants off. And then a lot of people are putting their hands in their mouth or they're not washing their hands, you know, before they eat or whatever it may be. And then that's that contact where it, it gets on your skin and it or in your mouth and it actually soaks, you know, through your your skin, or in your mouth, and then you get that. Um, you then you overdose from it because it, the fentanyl in it. C- can
0: that create an addict? I mean, like, not that they See, would be. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I, you know, that's a good question because I've actually had an incident where I dealt with um, with a seven pregnant seven female, seven seven female and she right was standing eight on eight something, and I told her, Some "You know, move your foot," and she wouldn't move her foot. So I actually picked up her foot and moved it for her, and now she there was a bindle of heroin underneath her foot so but i didn't you know realize i didn't have gloves on i didn't realize what it was because she was stepping on it that was the paycheck and i picked it up and i'm like like it was not folded like a tight little bundle like you would think it was just like a square piece of paper and i'm like that's weird and i open it and it's all over my hands and i'm like what is this and she's like it's brown tar heroin which is just a brown color of of the heroin and i'm like you know, now I'm like, am I going to, is something going to happen to me? I'm trying to wash my hands. I'm like, I don't know, you know, what's all in it. I mean, it's it's a scare for sure because you don't know. And then, you know, we always, anytime we, we handle drugs, we bring them back to our PD. Um, we put them straight in a, in a secured locker. Um, but we have to weigh it and everything. So that that means that we're still touching stuff. We have gloves on, but we're still touching stuff. We always have another officer with us in case we do end up clocking out. They're there to, you know, assist us. So we never do anything by ourselves when it's related to phony drugs sure. or, you know, hard—we call them hard drugs.
0: So did you did you have to—I mean, obviously you didn't OD in that moment, but have you ever had to use Narcan on a fellow officer?
1: I have not had to use Narcan on, on an officer, and I'm very thankful for that because, yeah. you know, would. right. Because, you know, yeah. sometimes, you know, is not, not going to always save the day. You know, somebody could be gone—I've seen that before with—out here working, you know, with civilians. Sometimes they've been gone too long or— You know, and then Narcan's just, it's not working, or they use, like, seven or eight of them, and then finally they come back. Eight? We've had to use, well, not us personally, but our medics have had to use eight on a person before to get them to come back. Oh, my God. It's just, it's scary because they don't know what's all laced in these drugs anymore, and they just, you know, they use too much, or they don't know what's in it, and it, you know, still puts them into an overdose. Does that, is that disheartening it is. It, it's very disheartening, and I always ask them, you know, when I'm talking to them and they, you know, come to and we're, we're talking, you know, do you have, you have kids? Yeah, they're taken away, and, you know, they're like, I ha- they're with my mom or with, they're with grandma now, and it's, you know, I try so hard to get them back, and you feel for these people, and you try to help them, you try to give them all these opportunities, but then you, you see them the next week doing the same stuff, so, but we never, actually, not me personally, I don't ever give up on anybody, you know, I always, like, I just had you a couple weeks ago like you've been clean for you know 10 months and remind them those things and try to get them the help that they need we have sources that we can you know give them here's a phone number for you know this place or but a lot of a lot of officers just they're like I'm here for a paycheck and I'm gonna do my 12 hours or my eight hours and I'm going home but there's a lot of officers like myself which we actually do care about you know everybody that we have contact with and even people that we don't you know Mm -hmm. I've learned that on day shift where I've been on nights for so long. My first day on day shift, I came out in the morning. It was like 6:05, 6:10, and I'm walking to my car, and I see somebody running on the sidewalk. And I'm like, "What's he doing? Like, why is he running at me? Like, what's you know what's about to happen?" And he gets closer to me and he got headphones in. He's got athletic shorts on. and He's just jogging. And I'm not used to that because on night shift, you see that and you're like, you know, stop. What are you doing? So it took a while for me to be like, oh, this guy looks suspicious. And it's like the business is open and he's sitting out having, you know, a drink at, at the restaurant. You know, it's just those those things because it, it totally flipped on day shift and
0: your awareness has not change it is
1: and then everybody's waving at you i'm like oh hey oh hey because i love that like i'll get out of the car and the stickers are in on the side of there by your door they're like little little badges and kids love those things they're just like you got any stickers you got any stickers so it like i told you before it just makes you feel good and it's not all about running and gunning and taking people to jail and you know giving people tickets so why did you become a police officer? Well, main, my main reason why I first always wanted to be one is because my uncles were both deputy sheriffs. Oh, shit. Yeah. And then they were also and fire rescue for Blue Ash. So, so they did both. Run but run and run and run 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 I always would ride around with them. I would the ride in the cars. I wouldn't necessarily ride-alongs because I was so small. But I just loved just, like, hanging out with them. And I thought it was so cool. But the main reason would be, one, obviously, everybody's answer is to help people, which that's really one of my reasons but I like to do something different every single day like I don't want to go to the same job sit at the same desk, do the same paperwork you know, talk to the same people and I like the people I work with and this makes it kind of like your own you can do whatever you want as far as you can drive where you want you can pull over, you can you know, sit sit somewhere for a minute and just have you time it's a lot of, it's a lot of driving, I mean we drive usually in three and a half square miles, we drive around 50 to 60 miles a day just driving back and forth and driving oh around God. circles um but but it's a lot of like downtime for yourself like obviously my bag sits there and I don't have anybody usually riding with me we don't ride to to a car or anything so just driving around and we I have some family that is that lives over here in Milford so I can get out and Aww. talk to them and you know see what they're doing and you know just I think it's for me though it's definitely something different every day there's always a call it might be the same call, you know, two calls that I had a domestic yesterday and I'll have one today. But it's two different people. It's different situations. It's different locations. You know, that's what I like. You know, because I just doing the same thing every day. You get burned out on that. So. Yeah. Yeah. And what's your favorite thing about your job? Um, Probably. I probably say talking to people. I, I really like to to talk to people and you know just try to like persuade them to, to not think you know so bad about law enforcement and it has never been an issue until you know these these recent years but I mean, when I first started everybody loved us they you know like they love the the fire department they're they're the heroes so we always we always get the short end of the stick but I just like to you know just drive around and some people take it as a threat with my car and I think it's funny sometimes because. Even when I'm in my own vehicle, my personal vehicle, and I'm driving home, and the cop gets behind me, I'm like, Shit. "Oh, oh, geez!" I'm like, "All right, let me make sure I, you know, I got my seatbelt on, I got all my stuffs working," because it still makes me nervous. And I'm a cop, and you know, it, but everybody's like, "Oh, you'll get out of it." No, that's not the case. Like, if you know, it's officer discretion. But if it comes down to it, if I did something wrong, I deserve it. So, yeah. just like you know, everybody else does. I'm gonna, you know, I am the same way as far as. I only stop for certain things. Like, before the license plate, we had to have one on the front. Now you don't, on a car. And I wouldn't stop for it because I didn't have one on my truck. You know, I'm not... And my windows are tinted because I wear my uniform when I go to court in there. So I tint my windows. Not because it looks cool, because it does. But it's more for my safety because I have my uniform already on when I go to court. Now we can come get a cruiser, but I choose... Because the court's closer to my house, so I choose to just go from home. But when somebody you know, has 10 windows out here. I don't stop for that. You know, I'm not going to write you a ticket for it. So I'm just, I like to be very fair. And even if I like to make traffic stops and talk to people <laughs> like, you know, cause some people might be having a bad day and I just made it 10 times worse by stopping them. But just being like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to give you a warning today. You know, just drive, you know, drive safe or, you know, get your tags up today, whatever it may be. But it's funny from, ruining somebody's day as soon as i get behind them i know they're already like oh gosh oh yeah i'm gonna be stopped oh yep here it goes lights are on and then i get up there and they're like you know either they're like super polite or they're very rude one or the other (laughs) but at the end of that traffic stop i always end up making it a good final stop like you know even if they do get a ticket you know i'm not gonna write you for everything that's wrong with your vehicle today but i'm just gonna write you for one or i'm gonna give you a warning and it just goes a long way i think what saves you from getting burnt out uh the off time <laughs> hello <laughs> <laughs> the, the off time because you know it's great I I probably I'm still in my early years of I'm still in the rookie mode of four and a half years so I'm still loving it but I think being on nights for so long I started to get burnt out on that I was very like coming into work like oh. coming at work at six o'clock at night and you know i just slept all day i didn't get anything done and then come in here and then you work throughout your shift and you you either might be running and back and forth going to calls or you might just be bored to death sitting somewhere because there's nothing going on there's nobody out it's like a ghost town sometimes here so being on nights for so long i know that burnt it had burnt me out a little bit but another officer that i was i'm very close with he's on nights again he just switched from days to nights And he was getting very burnt out. I mean, he had three little kids. And he's like, you know, I miss all my kids. And they're always like, Daddy, you're never home. So he's like, "That, that burns me out with this job. But that and then the off time. And we, on a short week, I only work Wednesday and Thursday. I only work 24 hours on a short week. And if I take 24 hours off, I now have seven, almost eight days off time. So it's nice to not have to use up all of your vacation or personal time here because it might be a lot of hours because we work twelves, but in the end it, it you can, I mean, if you time it right, you can take off like 11, 12 days and only have to turn it in a timesheet for six of those days or four of those days. Uh, so yeah. that is very nice about, about this job.
0: That's great. And what's the most common misconception that people have about police officers?
1: Um, I would say probably what, probably what's going on now as far as like i said earlier i mean everybody is every officer is different and i'm not saying there's not bad ones out there because there is and i've seen them and i've heard about them and sometimes we work alongside of some of these departments out here these other ones close by us and i'm like you know you don't have to talk to them like that or you don't have to you know you do whatever you want because that's this is your call i'm just here to help you but it would go a long way if you you know just talk to them like, you would just a normal person. And what I wish people would see is that we're human, too. Like, just because we have this clown suit on. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we call it. But just because we have our uniforms on doesn't mean that we're, you know, my authority is, you know, I have authority over you. I Some people may act like that. Some officers may act like that. But we're all human and we all bleed the same blood. And, you know, we're all... There's just things that... Like, there might be stuff that you enjoy to do, that I enjoy to do. And I'm the same, you know, I'm the same person when I'm on duty and when I'm off duty. I don't change who I am. I don't bring it home with me either, though. So, when my day's done here, I just, you know, take my stuff off, leave it all, leave it all here. That's one of my things is just because the uniforms probably has stuff on it or my boots have stuff on it. I don't want to bring it home. But that just is kind of like a, I'm just going to, you know, by taking my uniform off and putting my civilian clothes back on, it leaves everything you know all the the baggage from work it leaves it here you know and a lot of people a lot of people wear their uniforms home or at least their their pants and they bring their best home or whatnot but that's just my thing of you know taking it all off and i'm leaving it here and when i go home you know i'm not going to treat anybody at home that you know that i would treat here as far as like if we've had to deal with somebody that wants to fight with us i'm not going to bring that home and be angry or be aggravated so that's I know I went off the question, but no, that's fine. Right. Are you kidding? <laughs> I'm having
0: a really hard time getting Officer Dennis to speak openly. She's just really cagey, and this is a difficult We're interview.
1: Here we go. <laughs> just in case we get <laughs> something, something good. Okay. But yeah, you right. can ask me more questions. Kay. I'll just All right, Great. Drive around and okay. Um, so actually, yeah, yeah, you, you go. Question. I hate sitting at this light because I was where that truck was at, and it was kind of starting to rain. And I had this lady rear end me. Shut up. in my cruiser, la- not last Friday, but the Friday before that. The gone? first auto accident I've been in. Now, her floor mat got stuck underneath her, t- her pedals. Aww. But she... So, we're taking the auto accident. Another officer is, since it involved a city vehicle. And as they're taking the, uh, the auto accident, another guy comes up and he says, Hey, that car just hit me when they- we got off the highway. So, she hit two people. Holy shit. Two people <laughs> in a matter of 20 minutes. And just got into Ohio from... She was driving from Missouri, I think. She just got here into Ohio, and she hit two people. Was and she just, a, like, tired? Ty- I mean, I know you said it was the floor mat, but was she, like... She was, she was older. She was oh, an elderly well, female, sorry. but she kept saying it was the... The, the floor mat and i'm like well maybe you should take the floor mat out i mean it sounds <laughs> so, like a combination but it might be a missouri thing where they don't take auto accidents i'm not really sure because she drove off of that one and then she was trying to drive off of mine like meaning leave the scene yeah, leaving the scene like she was just like are you okay i'm like yeah i'm all right are you okay and she's like yeah i'm fine okay see you later i'm like no 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 that's not how it works <laughs> this is a city vehicle we, we can't we can't do that so was there any damage there was no damage to my car but uh, pretty good damage to her car. She hit the spare tire that's underneath our, yeah, yeah the underneath the, the hatch. So, oh. um, do you ever get scared? All the time. That's honest. <laughs> a lot, there's a lot of people, all guys here. They're like, Nah, I ain't scared. I'm like, but then they'll be like, you go first. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they dive you out. Yeah. yeah they're, they're like, like Yeah, you, you go in there and check it out. I'll stay out here in case anybody you know jumps out the windows. I'm like, seriously. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, I. I, there's a, been a lot of times I've been scared, especially going to, to calls. Because, you know, if it's somebody that is... Um, sometimes we get calls that are non-breathers. Um, which means that, you know, somebody there might be starting CPR. But they're... Maybe they... Some people... A lot of people we have... When they call, they're like, you know, I'm, I don't want to do CPR. I'm scared. Or, you know, whatever it may be. But either non-breathers cold to the touch means that they've been passed for a while. Um just because they, you know, it might be elderly. They might have passed in their sleep. We still respond to those calls, though. But as far as, like, a non-breather, enough. like somebody just stopped breathing or had a heart attack and they're not responsive, not those calls scare me just because I'm not a medic and I haven't been trained on... We don't yeah, really I'm train sure. on I'm medic stuff. I mean, we know CPR. We know we train on that every year. Okay. But going to a call, it's kind of like, okay, when I get there, okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to, you know because you know how to do the cpr and you know how to you know clear their airways and stuff but it's just you got a whole crowd of people watching you and you got somebody that's you know banging on your back like please save them please save oh, them oh
0: god i can't imagine
1: and oh. it's just and especially when they're dispatching usually they dispatch We're two officers to, two to right. a uh, non-breather and that officer might be you know over on the south side mm-hmm. somewhere and you know, we just happen to stop here and it's, you know, that house over there and we're already here and it's like, okay. Cause when you do CPR with all this gear on, hot I mean, it, and hard. about, about four minutes into it, I'm like, okay, switch me because yeah. you know, it's just, it's tiring and it's not, you know, cause we're out of shape. Well, some of us are out of shape, but <laughs> <laughs> she's not yeah. officer Dennis could officer kick Wilson. my ass. <laughs> yeah. Officer Wilson will, uh, she's a big fitness fitness fiend. So she'll, I'm she'll be talking your ear <laughs> off about okay. that.
0: It's interesting because when you say the four minute thing, I took a CPR class in Milford like uh, two, three months ago. And they said that there's now a rule with EMTs and firefighters that they after they have to have a two minute split. So after two minutes, they tag, they immediately tag someone in. But that's because they have more than one person that responds to a call. You don't have the
1: luxury of that, right? Right. They they load up the fire trucks, which I think sit at least six, if not eight. Um, and then they have a squad, a uh, uh, ambulance which is seats at least, I'd say eight. You know, usually they have two on a squad, mm-hmm. and then the fire engine they usually have six people on that. So, and they bring that. They bring their fire engine, they bring their squad, they bring a staff car which is similar to our car, but it doesn't have all the stuff in it. It just has the yellow and red lights on it. Those are usually uh, captains and uh, chiefs and stuff from the fire department. But they bring at least twelve people to the scene when it's something like that something you know crazy so we are by ourselves so it's either like you know i'm by myself or i have another officer coming but he's not here yet or she's not here yet so it's when they get there it's relief because it's like okay there's somebody here that knows what they're doing and like i still have no pulse and it's it's just because my thing is just the family there watching you i i hate that you know i don't i don't want to say you know get out but it's just like Please don't watch it. Like, please don't watch me do it because it might look like I'm hurting them more, but I'm actually because you, their life. yeah, I'm trying to save their life. But, you can break their ribs, right? Yeah. So usually you feel that if you're doing CPR right, you usually crack some ribs and you feel it. Yeah, you feel it in your hands. So ooh, Yeah, that's that's another kind of gross part. But why'd you pick
0: Milford over? Because when we were talking before, you it said you were doing some training in Cincinnati. So why why Milford and not somewhere else?
1: So I actually. I'd interned with Cincinnati, and I was gung-ho on Cincinnati. I was like, I'm going there. That's cool. You know, I liked their their style and this type of calls and situations they they got into. But when I started thinking about it more, I was in the police academy, and right after college, I went to the police academy. And I'm thinking, well, I don't know if I like, you know, not knowing who's going to come back me up on a call. Or if there's anybody going to be there at all because somebody might be tied up you know all these they might have 12 15 officers on the shift but they all might be busy on calls like i told you they usually have 10 to 12 calls pending when they log on and they start their shift so i started thinking well maybe i don't know about that so i'm like who else is hiring so i'm looking around and i applied at colerain and then one of my friends in the academy is like oh i applied for milford you should apply and i'm like hmm, okay like i've never been to milford before i'm like sure (laughs) like just trying to get into somewhere, so um, I went through the process, and then as I started getting closer to the the end of the process, um, my stepfather, he, we have two auxiliary officers that work here, which they're officers, they have been sworn in, but they don't get paid, they just do it for the enjoyment of
0: what? I'm so sorry, yes. what?
1: <laughs> so- yes, so they're um, they're actually they're I don't want to put a, a number on them like a billionaire, but they're they're right around millionaires. Holy God! Um, so they just do it for fun it's like they just (laughs) it's it's something that they like to come do and they don't work 12-hour shifts they they will come in and work like four or five hours just to help out if we're short on staff or something um yeah they're they're crazy but they're very 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 sweet but my stepfather um he worked with one of them at delta private jets at cbg so he's like you should apply for milford And i'm like i don't know anything about milford he's like well they pay very well and they have good schedules and good people and i'm like yeah i'll apply but i'm not really interested so it ended up being where i was started like towards the end and i'm like okay well i kind of like it i'm like well they call, they drive cool cars and then you know it just started i had the in-home interviews and all that stuff and then they offered me the position as soon as right out of the police academy which is pretty hard to do unless you have a, a department that's putting you through the police academy
0: Now, what would be the context of a a department putting you through? What does that mean?
1: So that means that, like, if Milford did, which they don't, they don't put you through the academy themselves, but they've already hired you. Not that they haven't sworn you in as a police officer, but they send you to the academy first. So, like, Cincinnati, uh, they have their own police academy. So once you go through all the, like, the hiring process, the interviews and the physical fitness tests and that kind of thing, if you pass all that stuff, will send you to their academy and Uh, then you go to their academy and you don't pay for anything you're getting paid while you're at their academy
0: damn that's kind of a nicer deal
1: it's very nice so the bigger departments do that so you know Cincinnati Columbus stuff like that bigger bigger police departments what was the physical fitness test I have to know what you had to do oh so (laughs) it should be a lot harder I think because it was very very simple but um are you allowed to reveal this so is this inside yeah. baseball no this okay. is i mean we might as well just like hung out and crossed our legs and <laughs> sat in, in the yard and just hung out but we uh we had to do a, a, a run around this obstacle front. we have like a little wall that's like four foot tall and we have to jump over that and then there's one that's like five foot tall you jump over that and then there's like three ghosts. Like, like little billboards hanging up. And they all got different clothes on. Uh-huh. And you have to, like, look at them as you're running by because you're still trying to be a time. Uh-huh. And you have to um, run by them. And the officer that's running the event, they'll tell you... looking for a suspect with a green hat and he's wearing you know he's carrying a black ar and because it's all these things are on all three of these different snowmen or ghosts or whatever they are (laughs) and you when you're running by you have to say is it one two or three as you're running and then you pick that one so you pick the right one and then you have to like drag this i want to say it's probably like 50 or 60 pounds little body like like seriously from like (laughs) Maybe, like, here to the front of the car. It's not very far. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's it. And it's over. And it's, it's OPATA standards, which is, I don't know what it stands for, but something about the Ohio... Police. the something. Yeah, Ohio Police something. Association, something, something. Okay. So, um, but they have standards that we have to beat. So, with my age group, I had to be um, within a certain amount of time. So, I think mine was 17 minutes, something like that. And we usually run, all, like, the younger more fit ones run it in about nine eight or nine minutes <laughs> you shave off half the time yeah. so it's just and we gotta do push-ups in the sit-ups and you gotta do like 12 push-ups and you know 18 sit-ups and it's like seriously like we could be doing
0: more well okay but real talk 12 push-ups is like that's a nightmare for me i could do about five <laughs> and i'm like you get We're it a lot
1: to do it on our knees too if we wish but yeah, but you can't you're no. a f- you can't you know we to. have to compete with the guys no question yeah do, you, do you feel pressure in that way No, I have two older brothers, and it's very, it was very easy for me to, to, because, you know, Chief, one of the things Chief did say, he said, uh, you know, you're going to have to have a, you know, a thick, thick skin around here. Some of the guys will say some stuff or whatever, obviously not harassing stuff, but like, they'll just joke about stuff, and I'm like... I've heard it all from my brothers. You know, my brothers used to, like, tie me in a chair while my mom was at work and leave me. And I'm used to all that stuff. So they know not to... All my guys here, they know not to, like, mess with me or, like, say stuff to me as far as... They'll say stuff like, oh, I bet you can't do that. Like, the officer out here, he's like, oh, I can do, you know, five pull-ups. And I'm like, well, I can do six with my gear on. Like, let's do it. So we'll go back and forth like that. But... um. I feel no pressure when on calls and stuff. I'll, I'll be the lead officer. I'll start talking to people uh, as soon as we get there. Because there is an officer that I talked about before that he I'm very close with him. He usually takes, like, the lead or the point every time we go on a call. And I'm like, hey, like, how about you let me do this sometimes? Like, you know, this is my beat. Let me do my reports and let me talk to, you know, you can talk too. But I want to be the first person to be like, you know start talking to somebody sure. because he'll or he'll knock on the door it's like no I want to knock on the door yeah <laughs> you let know? me do so, right? right okay. so I want them to open the door and see me first it, but and another thing with the whole uh, foot pursuit thing is I always tell and it's mainly men that I deal with some females but they usually they see our size difference in females and they're like no, nah, I'm not gonna I'm all set yeah <laughs> I'm good I, I'll do whatever you, whatever you want me to do or stand but some males like to challenge you um, on, out on the road and it's just like I'm like so I tell them I said well do you have any warrants and they're like "No, nah, I ain't got no warrants and you can just tell by the way people act and I'm like okay I said well if you do when I go back to the car I'm going to have you stand right in front of my push bumper and when I get back to the in my car and I run your name and you have warrants if you take off running I will catch you and they're like oh I ain't running I ain't running for me and it's just it's happened to work every time I've had nobody run for me and I always say that that line like if you run for me i will catch you amazing and they're like shit no nope, i'm good <laughs> nah, try. i'm not even gonna try i'm not i won't try and it's like i probably won't, I don't know if i would <laughs> <laughs> i've never had to run with all this gear on so yeah. and that's one thing in our fitness thing that me and officer wilson have talked about is like let's do the fitness test in I our uniform yeah because yeah. when are we going to be able to be like all right hold on a second let me take all this <laughs> stuff off and run in my just my pants and my shirt you know and jump the walls and stuff like no you're not gonna be able to right we have all this gear on or um i'm actually on the uh, hampton county dive uh rescue and recovery team holy shit yeah so we dive in the ohio river oh. for bodies and, and stuff oh, like for that. bodies for bodies for weapons for we do recovery so we don't actually we do some rescues but, like, if somebody jumps from the bridge, they actually have a rescue team to go out there. But we recover. If they can't, didn't rescue them, we will go in and recover them. So, it's an interesting opportunity that I did because I'm the only female on the dive team. And they're like, where did this chick come from? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, you don't have to, Terry, you don't have to dive in the water. I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to I'll dive in the higher river. when do like, this? Yeah, they're like, well, you like, can't see the bottom or you can't see in front of you. I'm like, I oh, don't okay. <laughs> what i'm gonna get bit by a fish <laughs> i'm good like until i see like i've never actually seen a dead body underwater you have not no i haven't came across i haven't actually had to dive in one i've only been a part of it for about a year and a half now okay so well i'll be i'll be getting there but it's just funny because there's a uh, there's so many guys on that team that are like oh like here let me help you with And i'm like no okay. i i got it like my tank care, my tank and stuff i'm like no i got it Ooh. i got it i know what i'm doing so, you just, you've got to, like, challenge the men back. And it's like, yeah. oh, well, she's serious then. Or, like, oh, yeah, she's she's got it. Like, there's a sergeant that I've that I've had for all four years of my night shift. And he's like, oh, Tara can, hear, she can handle her own. I, I don't have any worries about her, no issues. Like, you know, he'll come back me up or he'll have another officer back me up. But he's like, Tara can take both of them. She like, so, got it. Yeah. They're like whatever you know so it's it's funny how like being here for for quite some time now it's just like we're all brothers and sisters like Mm -hmm. it's so it's like a different family outside of a real actual immediate family so we we all take care of each other very well and we all would take a bullet for each other if if it was something we had to do so
0: are you trained in how to like not how do I ask this question not not trained in how to take a bullet but like trained in this I don't even know how to ask it scratch that question because that's gonna be a dumb question let's move on um and so what what's your like what's your what's your hope for in the future with like the relationship between civilians and law enforcement officers what's what what's like your what's an ideal situation
1: Obviously for everybody to like us (laughs) and listen to us. I mean, it's, it goes a long way when you comply with an officer. And I'm not just saying that because I am an officer, but like if an officer told me to do something, it's so much easier to comply than to get into a whole nother situation that you don't want to be a part of. You know, we don't want to go hands on with you and we don't want to put, use force with you because nobody wants to put hands on another human being. That's just, I mean, it's not natural. It's not natural to, yeah, it's not natural for me to, to grab a hold of you and try to put you in handcuffs and, you know, you kicking me or spitting at me or whatever. That's not normal. So, you know, if people would just comply with our orders that we give them, at the end of the day, it's not like nothing bad is going to come out come out of if you just listen to us. Because hmm. more than likely, if you listen to us like me, if you listen to me and, I, and you do what I ask you to do, you know, I'm not gonna necessarily like tell you like stand there or don't move. Like, be freely to do. Like, obviously stand there. I'm, you know, you're detained, but you know, I'm gonna tell you if I tell you to go sit on that curb right there because I want you to sit down with your your arm or with your legs crossed so you don't get up and run from me. Then you just do it. Like, you don't say no, I ain't doing that. All right, sitting on the ground. I've had people. I've been in a situation where i had my gun out and there was people hiding behind a dumpster that had just stole a car and i'm telling them you know i can hear them whispering and i don't know what's back there and i'm by myself and i call for um when i start hearing people's voices i'm like you know i'm over police come out show me your hands show me your hands and one guy started coming out and my sergeant asked me because he's like you know why did you display your weapon because we have to do a use of force for that and not that I pointed it at him, I still had it out and ready. but I said you know I feared that they had something behind that dumpster that they were gonna harm me with so they could have had a gun they could have you know because they just stole a car. so it's a felony stop so a felony stop means that I can use any type of like as it's like force not not necessarily hands- on force but a weapon, a taser you know those those kind of things because it, it has up the the situation from like just a standard you know, mine a misdemeanor or a misdemeanor. Now it's a felony stop. This is a felony arrest and I'm going to take you into custody using, you know, a weapon or a taser.
0: So, in and amongst all of the things you have to keep in mind, yeah, yeah.
1: So that's... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No! That is for the other officer, so we'll go, yeah. we'll go to that. 40 11 Sign my unit you as well, we'll be around. That's so what was, what was that call? So this is a um, suspicious male sitting in a gray sedan, unknown on the plate exactly. They've been sitting in the lot for hours. Mm. So for me, this would be like a, welfare check like check the welfare of this subject make sure that you know he his car isn't broke down or ah. he's uh like having any any issues any medical issues anything like that oh, uh, lab core is a I'm trying i say this the nicest, <laughs> nicest way possible <laughs> it is a like a suboxone clinic for oh, us bless. um okay. so it's suboxone and um uh what is it methadone, methadone yeah. yeah so it's for like recovering addicts and stuff so sometimes we do get calls to these these health places that um that not necessarily they might be overdosing but they might be having some type of um, withdrawal or sickness from oh. starting suboxone so sometimes we have people um so let's see. So he's sitting in the parking lot with his dog, which that's the car right there. So sure. we're first. <laughs> there we go. So I'll just have you wait in the car. Okay. And then I'll go see if he's okay. He's okay.
0: I wondered what this was.
1: 4811 was- on 27, break for a vehicle plate. It's gonna be.
0: I figured. I figured you didn't. <laughs> okay, so Officer Dennis is out checking on a car that has been suspiciously in the parking lot of this boxing clinic for hours. And she thinks this might be a different car. My heart is racing, and this isn't even a big deal call. Like, I cannot imagine just being first person out you're the person that goes in when everybody else goes out i it's like firefighters with the fire like you you it's against every instinct to go explore dangerous shit
1: so it's not this it's gonna be the other one she actually works here so she <laughs> she's like work. please please help i'm just listening to the radio <laughs> right, yeah she's like leave me alone <laughs> so i was wrong i actually went to i've been jibber-jabbing with you i went sorry no you're fine <laughs> hey that was still a gray gray sedan that's so, right and we still checked on that person that's right they're doing all right so you're still doing your job god damn it right <laughs> <laughs> okay so the okay. other one Come went through there but 12, uh, well what's your 44. you're clear i went to uh the milford Treatment center so i'm actually Pulling
0: into the lab right now. Clear. Hmm. What is your clear? Oh shit, okay.
1: So this is the lab corp. Yeah, it just means that he's, he understands. Like, got it. That's how we, we talk. I don't see. Is that it right there? What they said a gray sedan? That's nobody in that one. So they probably
0: left, I guess, but... must have. I gave it a
1: vehicle.
0: That's going to do it for us for part one of the Milford Police Department Ride Along. Hopefully you come back next week for part two.